The last two weeks, if you are new to Shine, if this is your first time here, uh, sit back and enjoy what God has for you. We're doing things uh, a little bit different as we go into the new year. And uh, what I mean by that is we're trying to involve and bring in you as the body, as the family of Christ. And we're doing that by actually um, not just doing teaching portions in, in a message, but we wanna come as the teaching team alongside of you and begin to equip <clears throat> and, and, and um, train you guys um, into the things of, of the Lord. And so uh, what we feel like the Lord is leading is that the interaction time that we have in our services, we wanted to increase those a little bit with more inten intentionality with the equipping portion and, and the training part. And so just a quick review. DJ spoke last week and I thought it was very, very insightful of him to bring this out, and I think it's really important to grab a hold of this, so I'm gonna repeat it. He said this, um, when the church started, Jesus dies, raises from the dead, the disciples gather, uh, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and they begin to disperse um, in churches, and it says that the church met every day. Everybody say every day. Every day. And so, um, you know, can you, can you imagine if that was the culture? I mean, how, how would that fit into your schedule right now that if you had to go to church every day? If we had to listen to the guys on the roof every day? <laughs> I, you know, it, that was just, but that's what they did. He then fast forwarded to 1989, something like that, and, and he said like this, um, when he was going to church back then, and this is exactly how it was for me, when I came to know the Lord, when I asked him to be my Lord and Savior, this is the church I went to. We went to church Sunday morning, we went to church Sunday night, and we went to church Wednesday. Kim and I at the time actually lived in Estes Park, drove all the way to Loveland, it was an hour one way, and I remember driving Sunday morning down, go to church, go back home, drive back Sunday night, go back home, Wednesday, drive back down. Uh, one week in particular, we drove eight times in seven days to go to church things, and that's when we decided to move to Loveland, to, to, be, <laughs> to be closer and, and to be closer to the church. But it was three times a week that everybody kind of just went to church. Fast forward to today, and here is the reality. We're at a place in our society, in our culture, in our time, where most individuals come to church one time a week. And I'm not gonna look at anybody. Um, and a lot of those attenders only come once or twice a month. Yes? And so DJ said, it is very important to take this time then and utilize it and maximize what we're doing to create an effective thing where it's not just teaching, uh, but there's some equipping and training. And I will submit this to you. And I want to encourage you as we move forward in this. You guys can get good teaching anywhere, anytime that you want to. Pull out your phone, you can have an incredible teacher on your phone in less than a minute. And you can listen to some incredible messages and so that wasn't the case 15 years ago, but it is the case today. We can get great teaching at any time that we want to. So we feel like the Lord is leading us to, yes, we'll still teach, I've got, I studied, I've got things that I want to say in the middle of this, but we wanna come alongside of you guys and equip and train, and how do you do that? Well, you start to let you guys talk and, and study it out. So we sent a text to um, everybody that we had a number four, uh, that we knew attended the church. If you didn't get this text, go to shinechurch.life slash connect. Shinechurch.life slash connect and put your number and your email. And what we're gonna do is once a week, 
once a week, just once. We're not gonna bombard you. We're just gonna send you the scripture and maybe a little line that we want you to be thinking about in regards to the message, okay? Because we want you to come prepare. We want you to read it. Actually, I would love you to listen to another teaching about it and bring the insight that you get from that and bring it so that you can share it. I'm gonna tell you right now, we did this last night and I'm so excited about today because it was so life-giving as people were just going, as the mic was being passed around and the insight and the depth of wisdom that came out was absolutely amazing. And so, first week of this year, I talked about the fact that as we do this, we need to have kind of uh, just some understanding. The first thing that we need to understand is that what we're doing is we're collaborating on a Bible study together um, at least for this weekend, hey, it's all an experiment and we're gonna try different things as the Lord leads, okay? You guys all right with that? Kind of keeps it fresh. To be honest with you, I want you to be a little bit nervous to come to church. <laughs> like, what's gonna go on? That's a good thing, I think. Um, a little excited, a little nervous. Um, but here's kind of some rules. First off, we're collaborating. What does collaboration mean? It means this. We are going to humbly seek Holy Spirit's guidance for how to serve the kingdom together while lovingly supporting one another. So as we do this, I want you to understand, we're asking for you to be humble, we're asking you to seek the Holy Spirit to speak to you, we're asking you to do this together as a body, as a family, and we're asking you to do this in love for one another, okay, with love. Here's some rules of engagement as we do this. We want you to be empathetic listeners, which means this. We want you to listen to what is being said. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Although when I start to ask you questions, be quick to speak. <laughs> we want you to ask good questions. I am looking forward to the day when people actually start asking questions, not just of the leadership team, but of everybody in here, because they're confused about a certain section of scripture. Ask good questions. When somebody says something and it's not uh, crystal clear to you, ask a question about that. And let's start to learn how to interact. Because if we learn how to interact in this room, guess what? We'll be able to do it out in the world a lot better. Okay, ask good questions. Speak for yourself. Don't accuse anybody. Oh, that, is, that idea is so stupid. Don't, no, no, that rule breaks the rules of engagement. But when you speak, just say, hey, you know what? When I read it, this is what it means to me. Um, and it was cool, last night we had a little bit of that in regards to one of the sections uh, of the scripture and, and hopefully it'll come up this morning too. And then the last one is this, take no offense. Meaning this, as you share, as you listen to somebody else, understand that we're just sharing our hearts and what we feel like the Lord is leading and I, sometimes, sometimes uh, differing opinions or different things, you might want to take that personally or take offense. Don't, don't take offense, uh, be quick to realize that the person is just sharing their heart and don't take offense at that, okay? All right, so that's kind of the, the rules uh, of what we're gonna do. So, in this process, we encourage you to use some different tools. Through the week when you get that text, we encourage you to go to biblehub.com, biblehub.com. On this webpage, you can look up the verse, you can see many different translations, you can look up the Greek and Hebrew, um, you can just, there's different ways to study it out. You can go as deep as you want, or you can just simply use it to just read the verse. But we encourage you, uh, use that tool, biblehub.com. Another tool that we're gonna be using is the Bible Project. Now they've been doing this for years, but they just released uh, an app. 
And we encourage you, download the Bible Project app, and there's all kinds of tools and skills, and you can start to learn how to read through the Bible by using this very helpful tool. And from time to time, we may actually show some of the little uh, videos um, to kind of emphasize or to get you thinking about different things about the scripture. Um, One of the tools that I want you to look up is called Lectio Divina. It's Latin for divine reading, okay? Um, if you want to follow along on your phone, you can go to the Bible app, the version, and all of this stuff, the information is there. Click on the three little lines on the bottom right and then find events and you can find Shine Church and all the notes will be there. But it's Lectio and it's L-E-C-T-I-O, Divina, D-I-V-I-N-A. And basically, it, it is, you read a scripture, you read it again and meditate on it, You read it again and you pray about it and you read it again and contemplate about the scripture. And so what we're gonna do today is we're gonna take a little modified version of that. We got together as a teaching team and we're going to do a little bit of that. I'm gonna read this section of scripture four times. Um, The first two times, I'm gonna give it away. The first time, I'm just gonna simply ask you what was your first thought? Whether it's today as we read it or while you read it this week, what was just some of the first things that kind of jumped off the page or off the screen as we read through it? The second time that I'm gonna read through it, I'm gonna actually ask the Lord to speak to us and give us kind of a, a deeper meaning. What was, it, was there something that Paul was writing to the church that was a little bit deeper than just the words? How many of you know that in a marriage, um, you can say something and somebody hears something and somebody hears something? Does that make sense? You, you hear the words and you can repeat verbatim what the words is, but it, how did it make you feel? What did it make, you know, how did you feel valued or not valued by that? Um, and so we're gonna take the, the scripture and kind of do that. And then the third and fourth, I'll let you know. But I'm gonna use four different versions and we're going to jump in right now. So here we go. Um, and as I do this, again, the question, I, I just want you to pay very close attention to your thought as I read it because those thoughts are a lot of times what the Holy Spirit wants you to share, Okay. Again, what is the first thoughts? What just jumps off the screen or off the page as you're following along as I read this scripture? From the NIV, it says this. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Here's the question. As I read that, just real surface level, what jumped off of the page or off the screen um, that drew any kind of thoughts or interest? Right over here, Andrew. Um, first, that Paul, um, whenever he's writing, he always writes in his salutation and how he's at in the present time. Um, in Romans, he's a servant or a slave for Christ. Um, and here he's saying, I am a prisoner for Christ. Um, my first thought is he's probably in prison at the time. Um, and then I hear a lot of reiterating the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, and my first impression is that there's division in the church. Um, at this point, there's multiple, um, churches throughout Greece and Rome in areas. You've got Philippi, you've got Thessaloniki, you've got Ephesus, and just reminding them of 
their heart the original understanding of who Christ is and why they were meant to go where they are and what they're doing. That's good. Um, And to take out the division and remind them of being at peace with each other. Dang, that's what first jumped out to you? (laughs) Uh, That that was was good. All right. Uh, Mine was just that it's going to take a lot of effort to keep the unity of the spirit. Like it's be humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. Like, doesn't sound like it's an easy process. You know? <laughs> okay, this is going to take some work. All right, somebody else. Do we that, do, do that we all have been called. Say that again. We all have a calling. We all have a calling. Love it. Um, somebody right here, Kyla. Oh, yes. Oh, thank you, Janelle. Um, hey, one of the things that was mentioned last week is in this process, if people would just simply say their name before they, they speak, that would, that would be awesome. So let's, let's do that. Lori. Okay. That's my name. Hi, Lori. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what really first jumped out at me is um, he said, walk worthy of the calling, kind of like what whoever just said. Yep. But when we have a calling... Sometimes we get a little puffed up with it. And so I feel like the lowliness, gentleness, meekness goes along with that calling that we've called to Ooh. because not everybody's called what you're called to be. That's balanced. good. That's really good. Love it. Somebody else. So I'd love to look at the words that are used. And oh, sorry, Catherine. Um, <laughs> Um, and he and it, he starts it out with a prisoner, but he says then, and then is like a conditional. So it's a you know there's always an if then or other translations use therefore, and so it's a reminder to look back at what was said prior to that. And a lot of the beginning of Ephesians is talking about what Christ did and how it transformed us as believers. That's so good. And that it's not in our power that we get to do these things that he's then saying, if then that is we're so doing good. it in the power that Christ right. gave us. Okay. So did Janelle tell you to say this? This is exactly what I said last night. This is exactly <laughs> what she said Great last night. This is exactly what she shared last night. So it must be just transferring right, right there to you. It's so important to realize that um, what he brought in the first three chapters actually set the stage for this, which is just really good. First thing that stood out for me, Paul, thanks was just the word one repeated over and over and over. And we're all supposed to act as one, but there's a lot of me, me, me going on in the world today. (laughs) And so it's a changing the way we look at things to be not just about everything about me, but one another and how can we help one another, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. You know, it it goes on and on about the ones. um, And it's really all pointing to the one. That's good. Which is fun. Somebody else? What jumped out to me um, when I read it just for the first time and studying it was um, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Um, The ones jumped out, but the alls jumped out um, to to me um, when I first read through it. And so kind of formed a little bit of how I studied and I'll share that as I move forward. All right, we're going to read it again. This time I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. 
And here's the question I'm gonna ask at the end, is what is the deeper meaning? What is, what is the Holy Spirit, Spirit asking us to actually um, dig deeper into? What are the things that maybe are in between the lines that we need to read into that Paul is writing? Um, and so I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna pray, and then I'm just gonna give a little silence. Um, just for the Holy Spirit to kind of speak. And then um, I will ask you to share the thoughts. And again, um, you know, many times the Holy Spirit speaks to us in that first thought, and then the enemy loves to talk us out of that first thought. Um, I don't know if you've ever had that issue where you pray for something, and then you have this thought, and then immediately you have a thought that talks you out of that thought. Um, hey, I believe that that's the whole parable of the seed where uh, the enemy comes to try to steal. Um, the, the word that God is trying to give us. And so pay attention to your first thought as we read through this again. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble, humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. And so Heavenly Father, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would begin to speak to each one of us right now. God, as we just process through these words that you had Paul write to us as a church, God, I pray that you would give us insight and wisdom and revelation and take us into a deeper place of growth. A little bit later in this book, you say that as we do this process, we will grow in maturity. And so, Lord, we pray that you would show us and reveal us, reveal to us uh, the insight that you want us to pull from this, the deeper meaning, the thoughts that you are having in regards to this, the thoughts that you want us to individually have and the thoughts you want us to corporately have. And so Holy Spirit, we give you a moment of time to speak to our thoughts right now in your name. Amen. All right. Going a little deeper then, what are some of the um, thoughts that you guys had as we were praying and as we were reading? I knew you had one because I could hear you going, mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> I had my eyes closed and I was like, Justin is getting something from God right here. <laughs> that was Brian. He grunts. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so my name is Justin. Um, man. Uh, so when I read this scripture, I read um, Paul, a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, and I stop right there. And, um, and I felt like the Lord said, you need to keep reading. And um, I always mistook that walking in a manner worthy of your calling, without, I'll use Janelle as kind of the, the best example, because it's on topic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always took that, like, if I was Janelle, if I had your gift, it would be to walk in a manner worthy of my calling. 
would be for me to like um, go absolutely all out and be all in with my gift of leading worship. Even if it meant stepping over people, even if it meant um, mm. crushing other, you know, it was just like at all costs because this has been given, so I'm going to use it. And um, and what Jan- what Janelle has done is she's read the rest of the verses and she's been <laughs> able to uh, like walk in a manner worthy of her calling, but it's yielding and it's the oneness and it's that, um, you know, being so quick to let somebody else lead and somebody else, re- and it actually magnifies her gift. So. Um, it's humility, it's gentleness, it's patience. Right. It's those things that come right mm-hmm. after that, right? Right. Oof. So when we think of our callings, like I, I'm very guilty of this. Of, it's like, okay, Lord, I heard from you. Now I'm going to go full steam ahead and everybody else be, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Love it. Right here. So I'm Wes, and I, and I second what Justin said. So I'm, I'm like the guy I, that reads the first section of Scripture, and then I stop reading, and then I just use whatever context that I have. Um, I, so We call these guys half-verse guys. Uh, but it's, it's interesting that this whole verse has come up because um, I have issues, so I see a counselor, and, uh, and he specifically told me this week to read Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, the first three chapters. Wow. And um, he said, you need to rest in, and this really resonated with me on this last time that you read this, was that he said, you need to rest in what God says you're called to be, and you're called to be a child of his. And as, mm-hmm. as it relates to being a child, you know, I always think of being a, uh, as, as being a Christian, you know, I come before the Lord almost like this, like, dirty you know, broken human being where I'm always kind of like guarding my face and being like, I'm sorry, God, I got to ask for another thing. But, but we're called to be his children and we are considered his legitimate children because of what Christ did for us. And so mm-hmm. we get to come before him boldly. And as a congregation, we are all that way. And so when I hear you read that, I go, well, we're all called to be these children who are honoring the Lord and everything, but we're resting in the calling that he has given us, which is the heir to, to what we are provided by Christ's sacrifice. And so mm-hmm. I, I think of it, I'm like, well, I, I hear it in, in a way where Paul's saying like, we are supposed to be a family. And as a family, we are supposed to be resting in that calling and then acknowledging the fact that God is in all all things and so that's that's how it resonated with me yeah that's good um as you were saying that um hey dj are you gonna go i i told them they could do that because they they're like we need to do something i'm like can you do the quiet stuff yeah yeah we should should have invited them down um bear with the scraping and it's better than the banging okay so uh i but so okay what what's um what actually came to my mind while you're saying that is this question. Um, the worthiness of the calling, is that because of what we do? Is that because of what we do? It has nothing to do, as a matter of fact, that's why he told you to read the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians, because the worthiness of the calling is because of what Jesus did. Um, and that's so good, and it's interesting that that's coming out in this morning. Um, lesson. Anybody else, just real quick, anybody else kind of have that worthy of calling kind of stick out to you as we're reading it? Yep, okay, all of the room. Okay, we got, no, I love it. Uh, is that Melanie? 
Hey, by the way, we're using this scripture because you emailed it to us. I was going to bring that up at the end, but since you're standing right there, I, I, hey, one of the things we want to do is if there's a section of scripture that you would like to interact with this, let us know. And we were, we'll, we'll play it. Let's, let's bring it in because we want it to be not just what we come up with, but what the Holy Spirit is telling you. And after we taught, after I taught that first week, she sent this scripture and we were like, that's what we're going to do. And so, all right, go ahead, go. Wow, thanks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so I thought that was neat that you just followed that up because I, I was looking at this as well. It says, in this translation, it says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. And why is that? Why are we worthy? Because Jesus did it. So what I look at that as like, what can I do to, to love you more, Jesus, to, to bring you more mm. glory? And how can I live in that way? And then he tells you right there how to do that. And for me, this is all like, like these people, like everybody's been talking about, we all have a calling because God, God redeemed us. He called us. He brought us in, right? And in order to do that, but along with that, to be humble and gentle with one another, um, it, I mean, it goes on to say make every effort, you know, it's like we, we are making effort to be kind, to give, uh, give way to the other person, if you will. That's good. Uh, like you said, not to take up an offense, to think about it, to let the Lord speak to you through your dealings, through your learning and your teaching one another, uh, equipping one another. But to think, what would Jesus do? I yeah. mean, how would he be in this situation? Yeah. I love I love the aspect that um, Paul is, he goes, in this translation, he says, I beg. I beg. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of things to, to, you know, live a life worthy, but he, I urge, I beg, I'm begging you to, to do this. Um, and I think that that is, uh, I find myself actually thinking, I think that's okay to do for one another. I, I hope that that would be actually your heart, is that you would beg and urge one another to interact this way. Um, because then we do this together. I'm Amy. Um, so there in the first verse it says, I ur in mine it says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And um, kind of go back, I think it was Wes said, um, we all have individual callings that are specific to us and our giftings but I think as a church body we have a very specific calling which is to show the world what it means to be a Christian and to hopefully make Christians of other people um, and I think that these subsequent verses are showing us how to do that, yep. um, to be people that the world says, I want to be like that. I want to know how they are like that and what happened to make all of those people come from multiple backgrounds and um, 
different opinions and all that, and yet they can be unified and be one. That's so good. Really good. Right here. Please, please right uh, hey, hey um, Dan, I, I, I disagree just a little bit about what you say it's not something we do. Um, it, that, that whole, this whole passage, me, the thing that sticks out completely is the live a life worthy of your calling. And um, we all have a sphere of influence, um, you know, and, and I don't know if, he's, if he was talking about this specifically just in relation to your brothers and sisters in Christ or he's talking about in that your sphere of influence at work. We're around people every day. Some people are in the same office. You know, you look at like the, the TV show Office and how those people all had their own personalities and they're around I each other. I don't watch shows like that. <laughs> I, I've just heard about it. I've never seen it. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, um, uh, you know, the, the Bible says, take up your cross daily and follow me. And I'm, I'm saved, and, and God has forgiven me of my sins, and I am secure in Christ. But every day that I wake up, I have to determine that day that I am going to live in a manner worthy of my calling. And, and it's so easy to gravitate. It's so natural to gravitate that you're in a group, and you start talking about people, and you start being negative about your work situation, or, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's so easy. It's natural. And, and there was a girl in here one day who said something, you know, you, you talk about certain little things happen in your life and they stick, you, stick with you for life. And she said, God gives you the power to do the unnatural. The natural thing is to, to uh, go along with the group and gossip and be negative and to gravitate to that lower, you know, that's just the way it is. But the unnatural thing is to allow the power of Christ and how he's changed your life to be a beacon of light and not gravitate to that. And people, because pe people see you and you have an influence. And when they see that you're not participating in that, that you're rising above that, they then I think that's the life worthy of the calling. And hopefully those people will say, what is it about you that's different? Hmm. I, 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 so there's something about you that's different. I don't, I don't see you participating in all this stuff. You know, and I think that's living the life worthy of the calling that Christ has called you to. It's not necessarily about talents. Yeah, we all have different talents. But I think it's about living that life of Christ. Okay. That so, rises above and does the unnatural. Okay. Thank you. First off, thank you. Because this is exactly what I want. I want pushback, guys. I want somebody to say, hey, well, wait a second. I don't know if I fully agree with what's happening and what's being said right now. My name is Keith. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Keith. And so uh, the pushback is the pushback guy today is Keith. And I want you to remember his name, Keith. Uh, Keith, I'm glad you brought it up, and here's why. Because I find that there's an interesting tension in the, in the Word of God, and we are not going to resolve it today. Um, but there's an interesting tension between what do we do versus what God has done for us and the fact that there is the worthiness 
because of what Christ has done. We are righteous not, according to the word of God, we're righteous not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus did. But yet we still have to put on that righteousness and we have to walk in that righteousness, which I think is what you're speaking to. Um, but I, I want everybody to, I'm gonna stop for a second. I want everybody um, to understand that this is a, such an important process of what we're doing here because we need to learn how to do this. We need to learn in this crazy world that we're living in, we need to learn how to do this. You started talking, I looked over at Peter because you brought up the context of, of the scripture and, and Peter and I were going around on, on this exact thing about what was the context. Is he talking to everyone or is he talking to just Christians? I, I, <laughs> it says to be humble, gentle, patient with each other, making allowance for each other's fault because of your love. In this room, we can do that. If he's speaking just to us in this room, okay, then that makes that sense. If he's speaking to everybody in the world, how are you going to be humble, gentle, long-suffering, patient, uh, allowing for other people's flaws and all of those king things in a world that they're not doing that for you? And that's important, and we need to wrestle these things out. And so this is really, really good. Thank you for bringing that up, and uh, we need to be praying about that. So it's good. Jess. So I'm Jess. I like what Keith had to say, but what hit me is... Um, rising above it but not doing it with a pridefulness because then we tend to be like oh well i'm better than gossiping and that gives us even that i don't know just a bad look from the outside so i think that's where it comes in with the humility and the gentleness so doing those things but without a pride in our heart okay there's something weird going on right here <laughs> because that's exactly what marcus said last night and so I, I don't know what, what's happening, but that is, that is just crazy. I, I, Jess, I totally agree with you. God gives us, here's what I would say. God gives us rules of engagement right here. I mean, the humble, the gentleness. It, it's so easy to get caught into the act. And I think this is where this tension is really important to wrestle through as a church and, and as a believer because we get, we get, to the place where we start doing things and then we think we're doing it and we start to have a pride about it and then we are actually repulsive to the world and not attractive. Um, some of the most proud people I know are Christians. And that's a, that's a dangerous thing uh, in light of this scripture. I think we would all agree. Who has the mic right up? <laughs> My name is Evie. Evie. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go a little bit off topic, but just something that God showed me is like always. And so that means like even when it's hard, we need to be humble, like especially when it's hard, we need to be humble. But when it's good to like just always. That's so good. How are you doing with that? No, don't, you don't have to answer. Right <laughs> with your five other siblings. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Luke, um, and something that, all these things have been awesome, but something that sticks out to me over and over again, um, someone actually brought it up, is one. And specifically, regardless of our culture differences, regardless of our understanding of some of these things, regardless of what church we go to, we are all under the body of Christ and what he did for us. And 
because of that, I'm, I'm thankful because we can have these differences in opinion, but regardless, Jesus came and died for each and every one of us, and we can live in confidence in that. Love it. And just, well, since I'm sitting next to Luke, my name's Peter, and since I love to talk, you guys know that. Um, okay, so no one's even said this, so I'm like, oh, this has just set me up. I got to say it. So the last part, which is there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, which Luke just mentioned, one God, one Father of all, and then this is what I want to focus on right now, who is over all, in all, and living through all. And I think what happens is we don't, when we read like, um, even the fact that we need to be patient with each other and allowance for each other's faults because of our love, this idea that like we can even misspeak and come here and we think we have to be perfect. But the truth is, is like, I one, I'm going to just straight up say this. This is like my favorite, favorite church service I've ever had in my life. I love this. I'm like, <laughs> let's go from Keith talking to like every, like even like difference in an opinion. Be like, okay, like it's the cause and effect. Like when the cause is God, the effect is the fruit of the spirit. Like that's where it, like, so I'm just like, my mind's just racing and it's awesome. And I love this idea that like, it's God's in everything guys. Um, and I'm such a DJ. I love, I love our teaching team and like sitting down and like understanding differences and how our minds work too. Cause we're all so unique and so different. And my mind, I love like logic and like code, like I'm a, I code, I develop websites and I love the idea of connecting things from all over the place. Like that doesn't even make sense. And the thing is, is that DJ challenged me and be like, not everyone thinks like that, Peter. And you can't always come to the table expecting people to connect Timothy and Isaiah and all of these different verses because I like I, my mind just bounces all over scripture to pull in like where my like where things are going and to just be like okay like I can't always think like that however there might be people in the room that think like that and so I need to come as me and be like okay like maybe I can connect with people on this and here's the deal I have so many faults but I know that because of Jesus Christ, I am with God and he is in all and he is in this and he's in our conversations. And so I can come here as a family, no matter what church you're in and be like, you know what? Like, I love Keith speaking up and being like, hey, I kind of disagree with that and humbly saying that and being like, you know what? I'm not leaving here because Keith disagrees or has even a differing opinion. Like Keith is challenged, like Keith, me and Keith are going to come alongside each other and be like, who, who is this about? It is about Jesus Christ. It is love all it. about Jesus. And I love that. Anyways, love I have love to. Good. I, so because you brought it up and I did a little study on this, I'm jumping in now. Um, the word all there, it means every, it means each, it means the whole. And when you read out, go to Bible Hub and see the, the description of this, but it says this. It's the emphasis of the total picture um, one piece at a time. Then focuses on the parts that make up the whole, viewing the whole in term of the individual parts. 
And what that spoke to me is, as we do this, we need every person and every insight. DJ had an incredible example. We were talking to a gentleman this week. Um, if Jesus is up here and we're climbing the mountain to get to know him and be in relationship with him, every single one of us is gonna come from it from a different perspective, but we're still all climbing up there. And if we interact and we do this well and we have these discussions, what'll begin to begin to happen, begin to begin? Uh, what will begin to happen is that as I hear this person speak over here, it may help me realize, hey, there's a better handhold a little bit closer to him. And it doesn't mean I have to go up the mountain the same way he does, but it does mean that there's some, some give and take, and I learn from that. And so uh, I'm hoping people learn from what Keith said in the fact that, hey, you know what, maybe there is some responsibility that I need to take upon myself in, in being humble and uh, being gentle and being long-suffering and, and caring and bearing with one another. Um, and yet, I'm hoping that uh, people that are in, in the camp with Keith realize that um, you can only do this because of what Jesus has done. And, and you know, we kind of collectively begin to start to, to, to work that together. Love it. Love it. Hello, my name is Sandra. And the thing that stood out to me is that Paul is asking us to be worthy of the calling. And um, so what I want to bring in is the Holy Spirit and examination of oneself, and are we worthy? And the Holy Spirit is the one that conveys that to us. And if we remember what Christ has done for us, it's easy to have patience with other people, whether they know Christ or they don't know Christ. So I think the audience is for Christians as well as non-Christians, and to focus on the Holy Spirit, reminding us what we have and what's been given to us, and then therefore encouraging us to give it to others. So good. I'm actually going to use that to transition to the third reading. Um, I'm going to read out of the Brian Study Bible, and here's the question, because I think it's really important, and you, you kind of are leading to that. Here's the question. How does this section of Scripture point to Jesus Christ? All of Scripture should point to Jesus. Anytime you read, you should always ask yourself this question, how does this point to Jesus Christ? So Berean Study Bible. As a prisoner in the Lord, then, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, and with diligence to per preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. All right, I know, the, uh, I know there's a lot of things to be said, and we can keep going, but here's the question. How does this now point to Jesus? Answer through that filter. Uh, Taylor again. Um, when, when I re read this and as we were meditating on it, I kept getting a word from God saying, it's a reminder of my salvation. It's a oh gosh, reminder of the this. salvation That's the first message. thing that was said last night. It's just amazing what God is doing because that is, that's, so salvation, talk about in regards to what? In regards to understanding that we are saved by grace through faith and that when we recognize who Jesus is and how he died for us, then we understand that he is one God, he is the Father, and through him we have baptism and through him we have the Holy Spirit and it's the connecting of the dots in order as it's stated, one God, one baptism, one faith. Um, and that, mm. um, that was the one thing that Christians, especially when they were talking, um, That's in good. the Ephesus and, and in the Greeks, like 
they're bringing the salvation message to people who never read the Old Testament, who had no idea who the prophets were. They had no idea who, um, who God was. They had their own gods. Um, and the writings of the Hebrews were not known. So the way that they were able to witness to Ephesus and to the Greeks was by the resurrection of Jesus, because he was the only person who's ever been able to raise himself from the dead. So he himself was evidential in the validity of Christianity. Love it. That's so good. Hmm. Where I see Jesus, oh, Tracy, <laughs> or some people call me Kinsey. That's an inside joke. Okay. okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Where I see Jesus in here are in two words, in love and the bond of peace. Jesus, he is the Prince of Peace, and we can only love because he first loved us. Oh, so good. Thank you, Kinsey. All right, Tracy. So it's interesting, when you read it the last time and you read it this time, something jumped out to me that didn't jump out yesterday, and that is empathy. The idea that God has called us to live, not to just put up with one another. Like, I think you can read this in a way that says, just put up with each other. Like, and, you know, cover over right. their issues, which a lot of people have to put up with my issues, right? But there's a way to do that when you're just covering over it, and there's a way to do it empathetically. There's a way to literally put yourself in the shoes of that person and realize what they've walked through, and then you translate that to Jesus, and that's exactly what he's done for us. He, did, he came in the very nature of a servant. He put himself embodied in the form of a man. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. But, but yep. he did that so that he could empathetically feel what we feel, that he could walk through the process and navigate life in the way that we do and sit with us in that place and so say, good. I understand what you're going through, and there's something far greater than that, and I'm not going to let you just stay there. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to love you through that and out of it. And then when I look at Jesus, I look at this reality of what he's called us to do, and that is to love people through the issues that they walk through. And I, I even heard just Wes saying, you know, like, I got a lot of problems. I'm in counseling. And I think I could think about that in one lens of being like, okay, well, let me help you. Let me point to scripture and teach you exactly where to go. Or I can just sit with Wes and be like, you know what? Like, I'm here with you, man. Like, I feel you. I got so many issues myself, and I'm going to empathetically sit here but we're not going to stay in this place. We're going to walk out of this together. And so I think that good. that's what a Jesus is to us. I was reading um, <laughs> I was reading in Hebrews uh, yesterday in my personal devotion, and um, it, it, chapter 5, chapter 6, some, somewhere right in there, it talks about Jesus actually came and was our, I mean, he went through this so that we would have a Savior that was empathetic, that knew what we went through. And I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, hey, uh, I already understood all that you went through, but Jesus came and went through it so that we would know that he knew what we went through. And I was like, oh, that's, that's amazing. Um, so it totally it points to Christ in that way. Somebody else have a mic? Oh, Janelle, go mm -hmm. ahead. Okay. Um, I, the thing that stood out to me, I hadn't noticed this word before, but preserve, with diligence to preserve the unity of the Spirit. And I was thinking of almost, uh, this is so gross, but I was thinking of like embalming and like <laughs> <laughs> just preserving, like the process that, that goes through, whether it's like a food, how to preserve food or how to keep things living. And I was just thinking about Jesus being preserved by the Father. So your question, like, what points to Jesus? 
He was preserved by the Father. How? By abiding in him. So for us to like basically be pickles or whatever and be <laughs> preserved by literally this brine that's like, hey, if we are preserved in Jesus by the Father, that's the only way that we can attain the unity of the Spirit. And Ooh. it then it goes on to say the bond of peace. Like how do we, we abide in peace? And there are all these steps that it's... It, is encouraging to me that it makes it so simple. Jesus abided in the Father and was preserved by him. We abide in Jesus, we abide in the Father, and we're preserved by him. And that's the only way that we can see all of these things fulfilled. That's so good. Oh, man. My name is Alyssa. And going off of what Janelle just said, that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I think just the whole concept of, like, one in the passage in Ephesians, and I was thinking, how does that connect to Jesus? There's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one baptism, and I thought of the passage in John where Jesus is talking about, like, like, fa- like the Father gave me glory, and I'm giving it to them so that we can be one, like, and it's just this, the, this passage in Ephesians is, is, he did it, it's done, like, he did what he said he wanted to do, he gave us his glory, like, it's been done, and it's done now, and it says in, in verse 4 in Ephesians, there is, there is one body, there is one spirit. Like, it's already done. We just have to choose it now. And I agree with Keith, there is action that must be taken. We can't just sit and be like, yes, it's done. <laughs> like, we have to jump in head first because of what Jesus did for us. And I feel like once there is that knowledge of, wow, like, he gave everything for us. Why? <laughs> Why would he do that for me? <laughs> you know? Wow. Okay. I wasn't expecting to get emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that's the beauty of it is like, it is the back and forth of like, man, he gave everything so that we could be one with him. And that, this passage just points back to Jesus of the only reason we can be one is because of him. And it's done. And we just get to pick it now. And it's not easy. I'm not saying it's the easy, but <laughs> but it's it's so available. So Oh, so good. I I don't know if you catch the revelation of that, because Jesus prays at the end of John. He his prayer to God is that we would have this understanding of oneness. And what's happening here is that prayer is being fulfilled. Um, that's very powerful insight. I don't know who your parents are, but um, they, they must have done something right. Uh, just, uh, just amazing. That's so good. So my name is Brian. This morning as I was reading it, I was actually, the Lord told me to go back and read John 17. And so that's exactly where I was at all morning is, gosh, th- this is actual, maybe not a fulfillment of that prayer, but the start of it. Because we, we know that fulfillment in the spirit is true, but we're still dealing with the disunity today. Yeah. But it's the practicing and walking out and believing that it's done. And then two, I love what Marcus said about just seeing Jesus in everyone. And I, so I've been practicing that for the past three, four months, and it's just been so good. Like not just in fellow believers, but in people that haven't yet met him. And Jesus is in you. He's just waiting for you to uncover him and recognize he's there. Mm. And what that's doing is is breaking my heart for 
just everyone. It's just so precious. It's so Good. beautiful. He, oh. I could go on and on. I won't, that's but good. he's good. just so good. good. Oh, he's so good. Thank you, Brian. Um, Catherine, so when Janelle brought up preserve, that stood out to me, but in a different way in that um, we're preserving something, or in the previous translation it said keep, and it's a matter of keeping something that already exists, and, it, and we're preserving what already exists, and it exists because of what Jesus did. He said, I'm going to send a helper to be with you all of the time. So really good. We, have to, we have to take action in that, in, in preserving and keeping the gift that we were given of the Holy Spirit. That's good. Um, I'm going to, okay, <laughs> I'm going to let two more go, and then I and transition to getting out of here, so. Um, I just had a thought. My name is DJ. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, so my wife likes to watch that Fixer Upper show, you know, with Chip and Joanna Gaines. And they go and they kind of drive through these neighborhoods in Waco. They pick these totally just barely standing kinds of properties. And you already kind of know if you've watched the show once or twice. Like, you know, there's no question. There's never a question, is that house going to end up being something you would absolutely die for, right? Like with black iron, whatever, and just open concept and blah, blah. <laughs> And shiplap, tons of shiplap. Anyway, the point being, you know, where it says live a, uh, live a life worthy of the calling, and we've talked about, like, feeling unworthy, and it's like all of us probably see ourselves at times as, like, little shack houses that are just leaky roof and just all kinds of gross mold and nasty, you know, pizza all over the floor, whatever, however they buy them. And, but the thing is, the show is about Chip and Joanna Gaines. Like, the show is about their ability to transform something. It's never about the properties current state or even the property's ability to transform itself and to tell them you guys made a mistake this property isn't worthy of you guys buying it would actually be insulting their power and their ability does that make sense? like and so i think that the lord is wanting us all to understand like he peter to your point because i know you love everything to point to jesus and it's uh, the show is the show of the church is all about jesus like he's the the general contractor who completely understands for each of us individually or even together what needs to happen how bad the mess is <laughs> like all of the leaks and all of the rot and all of it he gets it he sees it he's not deceived by any of it or underestimating the extent but when he's counted us worthy and said i'm i'm buying you and i know what i want to do in your mm. life and it's going to be incredible and you don't even have to have a clue or understand how i'm going to do it but just trust me cooperate with me and if I call you worthy, start speaking that over yourself. Again, not because of anything I do or, or yeah. I am, but hey, something is worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Jesus thought we were worth his blood, and the Father thought we were worth his, you know, his son. And so, I don't know if that encourages No, me. it's good. I, I am, I'm being um, overwhelmed with how many different ideas and thoughts are pointing to Christ in the Scripture. Um, when I first read it, I was like, oh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting, and just how many different revelations are being brought out uh, that point to Christ, and it's been so, it's so good, it's so rich. Thank you for sharing. I just wanted to make a comment that uh, I'm Tyrone. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, the comment is that after listening to everybody, it's like so rich, and uh, it just speaks right through you, but it made me feel like we're all one today just like it says, and I'm so thankful for the church doing this. The other thing I wanted to say is that um, 
when you you hear everyone's comments and you uh, which uh, is wonderful that you know you're saying what you're really you know thinking perhaps that uh, what melts it all together and glues everything together is the one key word there that says love because how can you help somebody if you have hate or if you have the bad things going on and the scripture that's so interesting it says from this command I give to you it doesn't say you can do this maybe you're not but says this command I give to you is to love one another as you know as I love you then they will know that you are a disciple just from that tiny act that tiny word of love so good and so anyway that's thank so, you thank you uh peter is is pulling pastor privilege and <laughs> pastor privilege time guys we need to put like how many times peter can talk per service on sunday like out there like okay no so here's actually so one i obviously i have so much in my head that i'm like ooh, i have so many cool things i could talk about but actually all the cool stuff that i have that i wanted to share i i want to put that aside and say you know what I'm sure all of you guys have amazing, cool things that might be triggering your head that you want to talk about. And I hope you don't plan to say this. If you do, I'm saying it now because it was on my mind. That's what happens when you walk out these doors, guys. I can't wait to talk about how I connected this to Matthew 25 and things like that. And here's the thing. We don't have time in this service. We have kids. We have crazy lives to get to. The truth is, is that that's what I'm like, okay, like Justin Stone, what's your number, bro? I need to text you about this cool idea I have. And then that's a Wednesday. That's a Thursday. Those are genuine conversations that are going to con continue to happen. And so if you feel like, man, I just have something so cool. I want to share it right now. Obviously try to go for it, but we are so limited on time. And so take that and continue this community, continue this discussion because that's the real oneness. It's not just this hour and a half that we get here. It's continuing out there. And so truly, like, guys, I want to encourage you more than ever right now. Do that. Okay. So here's where, here's what, I love this because guys is even shifting this to how to conclude this. I was going to read it one more time. I'm not going to. I'm just going to, for time's sake, I'm just going to ask you one last question and be quick in your response. Um, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about the takeaway? If you were preaching, if you were teaching, if you were up here, what is the one thing that you would tell somebody to, to take with them um, as Peter just did in regards to, and Brian actually spoke to it, and we're actually, the Holy Spirit's actually shifting us that way already, um, but seeing Jesus in every person, believer or not, taking what you haven't been able to share and share it with somebody, getting with another person. Um, John Patton I, said last night, he said, hey, you know what? in order for this to happen, the unity, the oneness, we have to interact. We can't just do this in one hour on, on a weekend. We have to be intentional about getting and getting with one another. Before COVID, it was something that the church did a lot of is going out and having lunch after service and all those things. And COVID kind of just shut that back down. You know what? Let's open that back up. Mm -hmm. uh, get with people. Um, if something resonated when somebody shared something, Go get their phone number. Go do lunch Wednesday or something like that. Don't let it just sit here. Um, somebody said last night that this whole process reminded them of when you put ingredients to make something. Once you mix them together, you can never separate them. So let's start mixing together. And understand that sometimes oil and water, they don't mix. And if you find somebody that you're just oil and water, that's okay. And so I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be best friends with every person in this room, but there are people in this room that you are going to connect with. And so I've talked so that you could think, but now real quick, 
What are things that you would suggest people take away and bring home with them? Trust yourself <clears throat> that you're hearing from God and how God's moving these scriptures in your heart. And don't listen to the enemy who's going to try to stop you from thinking that you're actually hearing from God. Okay, trust yourself. Going to ask a real quick question. When somebody grabs the mic, would you raise your hand right now if you were having that thought that somebody said already? Okay, so it's already all over the room. Uh, meaning that, you know, somebody, when somebody says something, you're like, oh, I had that thought too. That, trust yourself. Trust that you're hearing from God. Love that. Somebody else. Uh, I was going to say that uh, church was, like you said, not just one day a week. They met every single day. Church is not just a one-day thing. It's not a one-and-a-half-hour thing that you just do once a week. It is in living it every single day, whether that means meeting with people uh, throughout the week, whether it means just interacting with other church members, other Christians. It's, it's meant to be a life that you live. I'm going to ask this question once again. Who is the church? Okay, it's not this building. It's not these 16 walls we have in this room. <laughs> somebody else. What is the takeaway you would send somebody home with? Um, I'm Bill. And uh, the my takeaway would be this is a safe place to practice amongst each other. We have opportunity to get together and converse. And if we can't practice here and feel safe, then we can't take it out, like he said, into the world, you know, into the workplace. And so this is a place for us to be safe, hear from the Spirit, practice, and good. accept what others bring to us as well. That's good. Um, I'm going to just prime you. Next week is House Church. If you're not a part of a house church, go to shinechurch.life slash house church. We'll get you involved in one. Uh, but the first week in February, we are going to take another scripture that one of you had sent to us, Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 4. Um, and so, again, just prep, read it, go through, study it, and uh, understand that what you are going to bring is very valuable, and this is a safe place to bring your thoughts and your questions about that. Um, if I could just put like a little catchphrase takeaway in the last section, it has, it says the word one four times and it says the word all four times. So it's kind of like one for all or all for one. Yep. Uh. So, <laughs> so Jesus is what connects all of us. I love what Brian said. See Jesus in everyone. Recognize that you might be oil and water with someone, but they can still have Jesus in them. And that can be a really cool relationship if you can figure that out, how to coexist with each other and you can have the amazing dichotomy that God is in your relationship in the church body. Just all for one. Come on, guys. Oh, all, amen. For all, all for one. I don't know who your parents are, but uh, again, it's just amazing. Um, I'm going to close in prayer unless anybody else. Oh, yep. Wait, get the mic. I was just going to say, um, isn't Jesus worth the risk? Uh, Whew. Simple as that. So. Ah, so good. Heavenly Father, you are worth the risk. And so, Lord, we come together as a family. We thank you for um, just speaking to us, for giving us revelation, insight, wisdom. I thank you for every single person that, that shared. And I just, I ask that you would protect and guard their heart. 
I know the enemy would love to come in and discourage them or, or have them question what they shared. Lord, I pray that that would not happen. We valued and loved everything that was said today. Um, for those that maybe uh, had something in their heart that um, didn't, didn't grab the mic, Lord, I pray that you would come against the enemy, which would uh, try to discourage them by saying you should have spoke up and uh, you didn't. I, Lord, I pray that they would uh, be able to use that sometime today or this week. Um, and again, we just come against the enemy that would try to discourage anybody in no matter what position and place they are in, in the in the midst of this. Lord, we thank you for the fact that we are part of a family. We are one body, and we have one Lord, and we are all different, and we see things differently. We're climbing um, our relationship, that, that, that hill, the illustration of the hill of our relationship with you. We're all climbing from different perspectives and different places, but we're all doing it together. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to have that unity. Help us to be humble, gentle, patient, and bearing with one another. Help us to truly embrace this, not only with one another in this room, but help us to do this with our family, with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with the people in the grocery store, and um, maybe most importantly, the people that are driving around us. <laughs> Lord, I pray that you would help us to practice these things. And as Keith said, um, there is a responsibility for us to, um, to enter into these things. And yet, um, Jesus, you, you died so that we could have these things, um, we could apply these things to our life because of what you've done. And so, Lord, we thank you for the fact that you are a very empathetic Savior, that you know you've gone through it, um, and you know the struggle. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us to grow in this each and every day. God, if you want to supernaturally give us these things right now, we would receive it, but I understand that um, you are a God of process, and you like to take us through the process of growing in our relationships. And so, Lord, we thank you and ask that you would give every single one of us just an incredible week this week, and uh, we love you. In your name, amen.